0: This is another damn sports podcast. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Kilcrest coming off of an exciting wildcard weekend of the NFL playoffs. Lots of storylines to cover, lots of surprising results to go over. But Money Mike, I am sure you are feeling great coming into this episode of the podcast.
1: I am so happy, Drew. This was the best Wild Card weekend I could have ever hoped for. Last year at Wildcard Weekend, I got to see the New York Giants win their first playoff game since 2016. I got to see Daniel Jones go off on the Minnesota Vikings which made our good friend Steve the oracle Demblaker very sad. But it was happy for me. It was a great game. But I got to tell you, I was happier this weekend than I was even last year watching the Cowboys get manhandled by the Green Bay Packers at home. Their first home loss – their first home loss this season, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles get manhandled in Tampa Bay. They looks like they quit. Everyone's questioning their, if, whether or not they even wanted to play out there. It has been fantastic. And the fact that the only home team to lose this weekend was the Dallas Cowboys is just Mwah. oh, it was absolutely beautiful. I can now rest at ease the rest of the playoffs and uh, know no matter who wins this Super Bowl, I'm content. I'm completely content because I think there's an interesting story for every team that's left. And they're not one of my hated rivals, the Cowboys or the Eagles. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah. Money Mike finding joy in the downfall of his hated teams. That is the money Mike way of his team suck. That is where he turns his, his focus. So yes. the wildcard weekend, as you said, was very, very enjoyable for you to watch. Uh, as for me, um it, it was it was a good time you know I've, I've kind of talked about this with a couple people and I'll kind of use this as our segue to our first game here the Houston Texans is a great story CJ Stroud is playing fantastic he is basically breaking he has broken up basically every rookie quarterback stat there is um and he's clearly looking like he's going to be an elite quarterback for a very long time something that you don't really expect out of rookie quarterbacks and we haven't seen often. Um, and he continued his campaign this past weekend, destroying the Cleveland Browns, as you can see, 45 to 14 in Houston after they squeaked out the AFC division, AFC South divisional title, thanks to the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. And now the Houston Texans are moving on to the divisional round to face the Baltimore Ravens. Money Mike, were you exci- or surprised about this outcome? Did you think that January Joe was going to put up a little bit more of a fight? against this Houston Texans team? I was
1: surprised that it was 45-14. to 14. I was not surprised that Houston won as we did our picks last week. I did pick Houston to win. I just had a gut feeling that they were going to be riding on a wave from their momentum they took from that Indianapolis game. Because really, Houston had to start playing in the playoffs a week before, whereas Cleveland rested all their starters the last week of the season. And I think that there was a lot of hype around the Cleveland Browns like three weeks ago saying, oh, they can beat anybody in the AFC, but it's still the Cleveland Browns. And Joe Flacco has been playing well, but it's still – 39 year old Joe Flacco. We've seen Joe Flacco since he won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. He went downhill in Baltimore, got replaced by Lamar Jackson, rightfully so. And then he didn't really do much with the New York Jets while he was there. Um, It was a great story this year, uh, especially this year filled with backup quarterback stories. Um, But I just felt like the Houston Texans uh, had a little more momentum going into this one. They were at home. CJ Stroud has been playing, as you said, magnificent. And he has really shown that he is far over his expert. Uh, experience level. He's playing far better than a rookie quarterback. I mean, he's already, uh, I would argue, the best quarterback in his own division, but he might be a top five quarterback in the NFL the way he's been playing. I mean, it really has been spectacular and fun to watch. Um, and, you know, Joe Flacco threw two pick sixes. That doesn't help uh, in the playoffs. You, you know, the margin for error in the NFL is so limited as it is to throw two pick sixes. That's just going to bury you right then and there. So, uh, congrats to the Houston Texans. They're moving on and, uh, they have a very tough challenge ahead of them playing the Baltimore Ravens who they played earlier in the season at the very first week of the season. So it's going to be an interesting rematch.
0: Yeah. We'll get uh, deep into all of the upcoming matchups within the divisional round in just a little bit, but going back to kind of reviewing this game and reviewing these teams, the Cleveland Browns, like you said, they came into this game with a lot of hype. I mean, everybody talked about how great their defense was Joe Flacco playing well. Going forward with the Browns losing this game, obviously they have to go back to the Deshaun Watson experience, right? Because, I mean, they've invested so much money into him as their starting quarterback. What do you foresee in the future for these Cleveland Browns? Do you think they can kind of repeat this success and get back into the playoffs? Or do you think they're going to take a little bit of a dip after uh, Watson takes back over as the quarterback? You know, I can only go based on my own experience watching football.
1: And from my experience, uh, Cleveland will probably take a dip. I mean, it really has been uh, very mostly down for the Cleveland Browns in my lifetime as a uh, football fan. But the times that where they've risen up, they immediately fall right back down the following year. So, um, you know, I'd like to say I'd feel bad for them, but given that they gave a ridiculous amount of money to Deshaun Watson. um yeah, I really think they deserve what they get. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's just I don't know. They play in a really tough division. You've got Baltimore there with Lamar and John Harbaugh. They're not going away, no matter what happens the rest of this year. They're not going away. Um, Joe Burrow's going to be healthy again in Cincinnati. They're not going away. And then Pittsburgh is always a tough uh out as long as they have Mike Tomlin, which. <laughs> might not be the case anymore, but Pittsburgh is still such a well-ran organization historically. So, um, you know, they're still going to be there. And so it's a, a tough division, tough conference. Uh, so they've got to figure some things out. And are, are they really going to sign Joe Flacco uh, as their full-time starter going into next season? I doubt it. Cause he's going to be, you know, turning 40 years old. Um, but yeah, they still are paying to Watson a ridiculous amount of money. So unless they can trade him and get someone to pick up that, that contract, which no one will, they're probably going to have
0: to go back to Watson for now. Yeah, and we always talk about every single year that there's a certain percentage of teams that don't make the playoffs next year, or the next year, where they made the playoffs the year before. It sounds like you're kind of alluding to the fact that you would think the Browns would be fall into that category. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. only way they would make it back, I think, is uh, on the back of their defense, and if they can kind of emulate that success. And we will see what goes on uh, with them next year, but uh, in just a little bit, we'll talk about the Texans' upcoming matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. But first, we have to continue... Moving through the slate of games that happened this past wildcard weekend before we dive into the next game, shout out to Sir Burrito Banda in the chat, hanging out, listening to us talk about football, getting hyped about the Yankees' uh, season coming up soon. Spring training is just around the corner, but alas, we need to only talk about football here for now as uh, the Kansas City Chiefs this past weekend in the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL faced the Miami Dolphins at Arrowhead Stadium in a game that I think everybody kind of expected that the Chiefs were going to win this game, right? We talked about this last week. The Miami Dolphins were dealing with some insane injuries on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball has struggled mightily against good teams, and the Chiefs have one of the best defenses in the league. And this game kind of played out in that exact fashion. The Chiefs just kept taking points whenever they could. The defense held the Miami Dolphins to essentially almost a perfect game if it wasn't for one crazy broken play with an underthrown ball that led to seven for Tyree Hill. And the Chiefs were able to just uh, win this in typical, I would say typical Chiefs fashion because they couldn't really get the ball into the end zone when they got to the red zone. But I think this Chiefs team understands who they are. They're going to play uh, in accordance with their great defense. Hope their offense can kind of put together a few good drives. Hope their receivers can catch the ball and play and make the game as ugly as possible for the opposing opponent. And they did this, uh, in this past matchup, Mike.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I had to take away from this is that don't let, I know people use the expression, your record is you are what your record says. You are, but the record would say that the Miami dolphins were a winning team this year. Um, they stunk. Uh, they really stunk. I mean, they, they could not beat a winning team this year. Um, they, they were a product of an easy schedule and that's why they got to the playoffs this year. They're not a good team. And I love the analogy somebody used about the Miami dolphins is that they're a, uh, a sports car, you know, they're fun, they're fast, uh, but you don't want to use it in the winter time. And that's who the dolphins are. You don't want to use it in the winter time. And unfortunately for them, most of the places that are, uh, you know, good, where good quality football is, is in cold weather in this time of year, Baltimore, Kansas city, Buffalo, um so i i i knew go, i didn't even have to watch this game to know that Kansas City was going to win now Kansas City needed a game like this because they have struggled offensively with their wide receiver core that i think this was the perfect first round matchup for them to kind of get some momentum going to kind of get them into a rhythm because they did look better than they had the last few games offensively um and uh it's just a good jump start for them to go into the second round with some momentum and we'll see if it carries but um yeah the the thing with miami is do you sign tua i was gonna ask you you that same question yeah you know i i don't know because it's like who out there is better it's it's kind of like the daniel jones question i had last year it's like well who can we get out there available where we are that's better the giants weren't in a position to land uh, a really high draft pick there wasn't it wasn't a really great quarterback draft class last year uh with the exception of the top you know the second guy cj stroud um and uh they weren't, there wasn't anybody really marquee in free agency. They were like, oh, yeah, we can get this guy, and he's better than Daniel Jones. Um, who out there in free agency is going to be better than Tua? I mean, would you sign Kirk Cousins over Tua? He's older. Uh, I think that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would be necessarily the smartest idea. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback think, than Tua, but is, you know, I don't think for the long term that's what you want to do. And they're not going to be in a position to draft one of these really great quarterbacks that is coming in this very, you know, praised quarterback class. So it's kind of like – I think that the smart thing for Miami to do is do what the Giants didn't do, which is sign him to his, like, fifth-year option. Don't – you know, know, franchise – sign him to his fifth-year option and franchise tag him. Don't give him
0: that big quarterback money. And if he threatens to walk, it's like, okay. Walk. I don't care. Exactly. And, and yeah, I think that that might be the the way to go if they do pay him. It's going to be interesting to see how much money he does make Um, because, obviously, they're not going to give him – reset the market with Tua. But he's – he still seems to at least get respect in that locker room. Mike McDaniel still so, so seems to uh, like him as their quarterback. So we'll we'll see what they do. I, I think Miami they they have some potential to to make some noise over these next few years. But they got to play their cards right at a number of different positions to make sure that they can continue this kind of consistent success that, that they've had over the past couple couple years. Um, yeah. Shout out to Dave in the chat with the subscription. Thank you so much. 23 months. And Ravioli Esquire saying, Duval, thank you for the support for my shitty team. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Speaking of shitty teams. ah, oh, this is beautiful. Let's move on to the next game of the slate. I would say that the Chiefs-Dolphins game was probably the most boring game of the slate. I would say this Packers-Cowboys game, would the superlative here, would be the most surprising. Result of the yeah. slate um, as the Green Bay Packers went down to Dallas to Jerry world where the Cowboys were eight and zero during the regular season. And they absolutely decimated Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys winning 48 to 32, but the game was never really that close at one point it was 48 to 16. And then the Packers were just playing prevent defense and allowing the Cowboys to get themselves a couple good offensive drives drives to end their season. But the real story here from a play standpoint and the positive direction Green Bay might have another quarterback, Mike. That's uh, not something that any Bears or Vikings fans want to hear right now. Uh, But the Green Bay Packers, man, they might have found their third straight solid quarterback that will carry them for years to come. Yeah, you know, it's funny. What a
1: turnaround for this Green Bay offense. I remember you saying earlier in the year they weren't fun to watch at all. They were boring and bland, and it was just like... It, it, you were thinking, okay, so maybe Jordan Love isn't the guy. It Looks like maybe maybe the Packers are going to tank it in this year and and then try to get another quarterback. Uh, but you and I sat together and watched them play the Lions when the Lions were really playing really really well, and we were like, oh, this is the year the Lions are finally going to win on Thanksgiving, and they went in there and torched them, and they were they beat Kansas City on uh, I think it was either Sunday night or Monday night football. Um, uh, then they had some down games. They lost to Tommy DeVito, uh, in MetLife Stadium, uh, but they uh, were able to. Beat their rival, the Vikings, and then beat the Bears to get into the playoffs, to give them some momentum going in. And they knew that nobody was picking them to win this game uh, and that everyone was writing them off like, oh, they were just lucky to be there. No two seed had ever lost uh, since they expanded the playoffs to seven. And they went in there and they torched Dallas's defense. Uh, Matt LaFleur just completely owned Dan Quinn's scheme and just destroyed it. And Jordan Love played fantastic. And I know that, yeah, like you said, People who don't like Green Bay hate the fact that they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And now if Jordan Love ends up being a dude, it's like, you got to be kidding me. How lucky can you get? Because it's so hard to find a quarterback. But the Green Bay Packers are very comfortable in that stadium. They have never lost since it's opened when they've played there. They are 3-0 in the regular season. Now 2-0 against the Dallas Cowboys in a playoff game. And they won the Super Bowl against the Steelers in that stadium. So the Green Bay Packers have never lost at AT AT&T Stadium, Jerry World, whatever you want to call it. And the Dallas Cowboys... (laughs) my god they always find a way to choke it's hilarious they do so good in the regular season they set records they get their fans all hyped and excited and and that people talk about Dak being the mvp and they've won 12 games three straight years in a row and then all of a sudden they just they choke and it's hilarious every single time and it it's funny how the cowboy fans are shocked by it every single time now we were surprised as anybody that this game was 48 to 16 with six minutes left like no one saw that coming even if you were picking the packers because you you hated the cowboys nobody thought that the packers were going to do that we thought if the packers were going to win this game it was probably gonna be like a late minute field goal or something yeah but uh the fact that the Dallas cowboys not only do they lose after going eight and no in the regular season and they lose their first home playoff game they are the first two seed to ever lose since they expanded the playoffs and Oh my God, it was so great. Every moment of this game was amazing. Like, I was so, I was watching with my dad. We were so mad when Green Bay went up 20 to nothing because they missed the extra point. We're like, oh, it should be 21 to nothing. Like, we were that concerned over one point. And then Dak throws that pick six, which was the worst pick six I think I've seen ever because he threw it just right to the guy. And then they go up 27 to nothing. I'm like, this game's over. This is fantastic. And following Skip Bayless' Twitter feed during a Cowboys game when they're losing, is the funniest and most amusing thing you'll ever see. Followed by the Stephen A. Smith troll video where he laughs at the Cowboys. It's just all around this was so much fun. This this win for the Green Bay Packers was more fun for me to watch than any Giants win this
0: year. <laughs> I had more fun watching this than I had any Giants game this year. So and oh it's great. I, I have to to ask people in the chat and people listening if you were if you're watching the video version of the podcast. Have you ever seen Money Mike this happy talking about sports? He had a grin from ear to ear like ear, like he was the Joker talking about how the Cowboys just shat all over themselves in the first round of the playoffs here. This man finds so much joy in other teams' misery. It's so funny. Oh, it's so great. I, I, I just loved every minute
1: of it, and I, I was just like, the only way that this can be topped is if tampa bay beats the eagles and we'll get to that shortly oh my goodness goodness
0: gracious (laughs) i made sure to put you on the full screen during that that last conversation about the cowboys too so everybody got to see see your your happiness but no it is it is interesting to kind of talk about how with the cowboys and their fallout from this i mean it's expected mike mccarthy might be fired right because this is three straight seasons where they've had a very successful regular season and then they fall short in the playoffs, as you said. Um, there's a lot of questions surrounding Dak Prescott. Is he an elite quarterback or is he just a guy that thrives in the regular season and then just falls short in the playoffs as the Cowboys have? Um, yeah. What do you, And he's a, he's expected to make a ton of money next season. Will the Cowboys eat that money and hope that, run it back and hope that they can, get better results next time, or do they decide, okay, I mean, this the, clearly the Dak Prescott experience is over. Let's move on to something else, Mike. What, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do? Well, you know,
1: the, the interesting thing was the conversation was about extending Dak, so he's still under contract in Dallas. And they're kind of like in a situation where do they have a position to get somebody in that's better? Can they make a trade? Can they pick somebody up in the draft? It doesn't look like they can pick somebody up in the draft. And Dallas historically has not really drafted a quarterback high. Um, they, they haven't. So it, that's not something that I expect from them. Um, yeah, Dak Prescott played great in the regular season this year. He really did. He, he, he came off of a year where he led the league in turnovers to this year. Um, well, not turnovers in interceptions, I think Josh Allen led the league in turnovers, but uh, he came into it with that, and people looking for him to prove something, and he played fantastic. Mike McCarthy took over the play calling. Dak Prescott, you know, said after the after the game that you know the reason that he had the year he had was because of Mike McCarthy defending him. When someone asked what he thought about Mike's future there, um, and again, it, it's you're solely judged on your playoff performances, fair or not fair. I think it's fair, and you play for the Dallas Cowboys, which is the most valuable franchise in the NFL and in sports so that the the microscope is always going to be on you for that reason and if you keep coming up short in the playoffs it's only fair that discussions are had about well this is not getting it done we're winning we're doing great we're doing what we need to do in the regular season but we're not making it happen in the playoffs why not and I hope that they don't Find out the answer to that question, but they are going to try to find answers to that question. A lot of people are saying, "Okay, Mike McCarthy is going to be fired. Are they going to bring in like a Bill Belichick or a Harbaugh? Are they going to be able to put up with Jerry Jones?" People are talking about how Jerry Jones is a you know an old man and he might die soon, so he's going to go all in to try to get the Cowboys to win. (laughs) Jesus, that's that's kind of a morbid thing to talk. No, that's what that's seriously what people are talking (laughs) about. It's true though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm not saying. I mean, that's what I'm just repeating what I've been hearing the last couple of days. Sure. Um, and you know. C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott getting in fights on the sideline. Now Dak did not play well in this game, but it was not solely on him. That defense did nothing, did nothing to help them out at all after they had done. Yeah. So. And, and the thing with Dallas, again, they're front runners. They're a team that was built to play from ahead. And then the other team would make mistakes trying to catch up uh, and give the ball to that defense. But that defense couldn't stop the run all season long. So being able to play from ahead was their advantage because once you played from ahead, teams weren't running the ball. But if you could get ahead on the Dallas Cowboys and you could run the ball down their throat, they are not a team that was built to come from behind. So they couldn't stop the run and they're not built to come from behind. Well, that's a real advantage to the team you're playing. If they know how to run the ball and green Bay kept giving it to Aaron Jones and Jordan love was able to do some running and it just, it all went wrong for Dallas in this game. It was not a good matchup for them. And um, like
0: the New York giants, the Dallas Cowboys will be watching the rest of the playoffs from home. So I'm happy about that. There you go. Well, it's a, the last thing i'll make or last point i'll make about this of all the things that i would be happy about about this result for the rest of the playoffs we don't have to hear yeah here we go that shit is so annoying oh it's so annoying i know (laughs) it is so annoying it is the worst cadence in the history of the nfl so i hope he comes up with something different next season because my god um all right So moving on to the game that we dubbed last week as probably the most interesting from a storyline perspective, the Los Angeles Rams traveled to Detroit to face Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. And obviously we laid the stage last week. These two teams swapped quarterbacks not too long ago. The Rams moving on from Jared Goff, even after Jared Goff helped them get to a Super Bowl not too long before that, um, because they wanted Matt Stafford to be able to kind of be that last piece for them to make that Super Bowl run after investing so much into the now and hemorrhaging their chances for growing as a team in the future. And luckily for the Rams, they were able to win that Super Bowl. But this time around, Jared Goff wanted to prove that they made a mistake by moving on from him. He wanted to prove that the Detroit Lions are for real. They could potentially contend for an NFC title and potentially a Super Bowl. And Jared Goff was able to pull out the win here 24-23 to in an exciting back-and-forth game with a lot of... Um, Great plays from guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs and even Sam Laporta was able to play in this game after he got hurt. Um, and they were able to do just enough to inch out Stafford. Puka Nakua, one of the greatest stories of this NFL season that we probably haven't talked about much. Puka, Puka Nakua breaking all of the wide receiver rookie records this year in Cooper Cup. Um Money Mike. What do you think about this game? Was it as exciting as you thought it was going to be? And are you happy for the Detroit Lions getting, getting their first playoff win in 30 years?
1: Yeah, so two a couple things there. One, uh, we had said that this was the most interesting from a storyline standpoint, but it turned out to be the best competitive game of the six. It was the best game of all of them. Um, and the difference was is that the Lions defense was able to force L.A. to kick field goals, and the Rams defense was not able to do that in the first half, and the Lions were able to ride that. And win by one point. Um, but anybody who doesn't think Matthew Stafford is a stud after this, uh, I don't know what they're watching. He was playing fantastic, it's just the Rams couldn't execute at the end of their drives, but he was playing amazing. Jared Goff played amazing. Now, Jared Goff did not prove to the Rams that they made a mistake getting rid of him because as you said, they traded for Matthew Stafford and they did get a Super Bowl out of it. So yeah. they they got what they wanted, right? But this is one of those situations where it's kind of like a it looks like it's turning into a win-win breakup. The Rams got Stafford, got a Super Bowl. He got a Super Bowl. He'll forever be known as a Super Bowl uh, MVP, uh, you know, winning quarterback. Um, I, at least I think he was the MVP of that Super Bowl.
0: I think uh, I have to It was either him or Aaron Donald. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. While you, I keep talking. Either I'll, way. I'll figure he,
1: that out. Yeah. Either way, he got his Super Bowl ring. LA got a Super Bowl out of that trade. And now the Lions are one win away from being in the NFC championship game after getting their first home playoff win in 30 years, as you said. So Jared Goff proved He didn't prove that LA like made a mistake, but he did prove that he's a good quarterback and he belongs uh, leading a franchise in the playoffs and he can do it. So that was something that was great. I loved the locker room moment where he's coming into the tunnel and you hear the players in the locker room chanting his name and then, you know, Dan Campbell goes. I got one thing to say. You're good enough for Detroit, Jared Goff, and he threw him the football. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. And I, had, one of my good friends, was at this game. He's from Detroit. He went to Michigan University. Uh, he was sitting like near uh, center field of this whole thing. Um, and what a moment for fans of Detroit uh, that they were able to finally see their team win in a big playoff game, and uh, to see it against a guy who had given them so much but you know i i I don't understand why they were barring people from bringing Stafford jerseys to the stadium like they didn't want people wearing their matthews i'm like why he he left on good terms i mean he it it wasn't like he 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 was just you know at a point in his career where he hadn't won yet and an opportunity presented itself where he could go somewhere and win he he did he was traded it's not like he left in free agency he just was able to work it out to where he was able to leave and go win a super bowl can't blame the guy for that He's not, always said good things about Detroit, and I didn't like that I saw a video of his wife and her, their four daughters walking on the field, and, like, fans were, like, yelling at them and, like, taunting them and swearing at them. It's like, come on, those are children, dude. And, yeah. like, again, they, they've said nothing but good things about Detroit. His wife even said afterwards, like, I hope you guys go win a Super Bowl, and Matthew Stafford said that to the players of Detroit. Like, guys, go. you guys have a great team. Go get yourselves one. Like Nothing but good spirits from the Staffords, and yet it was not reciprocated by Detroit. I didn't like that part of it. But it was a great Uh, game, happy for the Lions, and I'm excited to root for them the rest of the way out of the NFC teams that are left.
0: I think uh, I'll get into this in a a little bit, but it's very clear that (laughs) drunk football fans throw any manners and niceness out the window when they're at a football game, liquored up, alcoholed up, and they see someone they can yell at. I know it's no no excuse, but it's definitely not but uh you will definitely see it until the end of time but just uh uh I looked it up it was Cooper Cup. he was the MVP okay
1: yeah i, I cuz I, I was i when i said he was a super bowl mvp i was like wait i don't think he won the mvp i was yep. like i don't think he did cuz i think that i think odell beckham junior was on pace to be mvp but then he
0: got hurt <laughs> right yeah so cooper cup took that from him um but still a super bowl champion nonetheless yeah another quarterback who is hoping to become a super bowl champion Josh Allen had a fantastic game against the pittsburgh steelers in a game where i think everybody and their mother kind of just assumed the bills are going to win this game right the pittsburgh steelers it was a great story i guess for them to sneak into the playoffs for one reason or another uh, but everybody knew that their team was just not really up to the the level and the standard of some of the other teams in the afc the bills the chiefs the ravens um and that showed in this game with mason rudolph at quarterback with tj watt not being in the game because he was injured uh, the Bills controlled this game. They forced a couple turnovers early. They were able to put a, a ton of points on the board early. Uh, two touchdowns to two of their tight ends and Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. Um, then this amazing play by Josh Allen here in this picture where he was able to scramble for, I believe, it was somewhere around a 50-yard t- touchdown run. Um, It was pretty cool to see live. Uh, so I went, ended up going to this game with actually Dave in the chat. Shout out to Dave. Um we uh we went to this game we, we had some great seats and we were able to catch some really good action we, I, we saw the the Josh Allen touchdown run where there's some controversy about if he uh if he stutter stepped or if he fake slid you know to avoid the defender and if that is kind of a a cheater's way to to get by a defender by kind of abusing the rules um, that are meant to just keep a quarterback safe clever. Um, right. yeah yeah whatever uh and Obviously, there was that amazing play to Khalil Shakir to kind of put the stamp on the game, put them up 31-17 uh, to 17 at that point. Uh, j- just an overall great performance by the Bills' offense and kind of what we expected from the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, this game went exactly as I expected. The Bills dominated. Uh, You know, Steelers have were 1-10 without T.J. Watt since he's been in the league in 2017, so um, I, this was not a shock to me. Um, and this was one of those games where the bills, uh, were able to build some momentum. They've won seven of their last eight. They're the hottest team in the NFL right now going, and, uh, they've earned the right to play in the divisional round for a fourth straight year. And this time they're going to be at home playing the Kansas city chiefs. So it's, uh, they've been playing some of their best ball. One thing that's a very big concern for them is that they have lost some more pieces on the defense. Um, that could leave them vulnerable going forward, whether it's against Kansas city or against Baltimore or against like a San Francisco or Detroit, uh, you know, or even a Jordan love and the green Bay Packers, you know, (laughs) so it's, uh, this is what's great about playoff football. The fans were there having a good time. Drew, I got to ask, did you make it in time to listen to the national anthem? And did you recognize that the guy playing the trumpet for the national anthem was a three-time survivor alum?
0: (laughs) No, I do remember you telling me that we did not make it in time. We were rushing to the stadium. I heard the trumpet, like as I was getting, we were getting closer to the stadium, but I did not yeah. see them, so I apologize. Well, shout
1: out to Coach Wade. Uh, Coach, he went by Coach as, uh, on Survivor. He played on Survivor Token Chains, Heroes vs. Villains, and Survivor South Pacific. Uh, he nicknamed himself the Dragon Slayer. He was a very entertaining character on Survivor. If you've ever seen Survivor, and if you haven't, if you ever go through, Coach was a Bills fan. He is a Bills fan. He got to play his trumpet for the national anthem at an NFL game. What a cool experience that had to probably be for him. So, oh yeah. I'm sure. Shout he absolutely out loved that. It
0: was uh it was a cool experience too at this game. Cause this is the first game where like, there was so much snow in the stands. So after every score, everybody was just tossing snow into the air. And that was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, whenever there are these games where there are snow in the stands, then that also leads to drunk degenerate idiots throwing, snowballs at people on the field and stuff like that. So that was not a good sight. Um, But it, it was an overall really fun experience to be able to go yeah. to this game.
1: I mean, so, so yeah, I saw the videos of people walking into the stadium where like they were knee high waist high for like children of snow in the stands and people had to clear off their own seats that were packed yeah. with snow because they only had so much time to clear the field and everything. They didn't have enough manpower because of the travel ban to clear all the snow that was in the stands itself. Um, but I got to say, you know, Just on a serious note here, when you buy a ticket to a sporting event, you buy the right to have a seat and attend the game, enjoy the game or be disappointed by the result. You have a right to purchase, you know, memorabilia or, you know, merchandise or apparel or, you know, concessions, food, drinks. You don't have a right to... You know, I saw people getting in fights in games like the Dallas game. There were people that were getting in fights. Uh, You know, the Bills game, there were people getting arrested. There were people throwing uh, snowballs at the camera people, um, throwing uh, snowballs into the end zone where the Steelers were scoring. uh, So disrespecting the players. Like I said, there were people disrespecting uh, Matthew Stafford's wife and children, children, uh, you know, at, at the stadium. So you have a right to go and purchase and enjoy the game or be disappointed by it, but you don't have a right to mistreat other people. And it's really disappointing that people feel like they have a right to act that way. It's, you know, it's one thing to, if you see somebody with the opposing team's jersey or something and you talk trash, uh, you know, it, keep it uh, respectful. I, I talk trash to all my friends who like other teams. Like, it's, it's all and meant in good fun. And they do it back to me. When the Giants lose in an embarrassing way, my phone lights up. And I, I, it actually takes me out of being sad and makes me laugh cuz yeah. it's so fun that I, you know I have that relationship with people, you know what I mean? It's all meant in good fun. It's nobody's ever doing it mean spiritedly to make make me feel bad. And I'm right. never doing it to my friends trying to make them feel. But people get so obnoxious, they 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 are disrespectful and they're nasty and it's mean spirited and it's like, dude, this is just sports. This is yeah. just sports. It's a game. You know, it's all in good fun. It's a way to for us so, for people to escape their real life problems. And when you can all band together and root for your either local team or your favorite team, and when they win, it makes you feel really good. And when they lose, it makes you feel bad, but it's, it's not, doesn't, you shouldn't be in a place where you're harming somebody else, either physically, mentally, or disrupting someone from doing a job. I mean, the cameraman's just trying to do a job there. Yeah. That was pretty He, even have no, he like, even had no kept... rooting interest in that game. He's yeah. not rooting for the Steelers. He's <laughs> not rooting for the Bills. He's just trying to take the shots he's being directed to take and by you throwing snowballs at him because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and, and, and Look, I, I saw people getting fights at the Cowboys game and everything, but I, I only am focusing uh, sometimes on the Bills fans because I just, I'm just i so close to it because I've seen it. I've been there at that stadium. I It's why I root against the Bills in, in, a, in part of a way. I don't do it because of my close friends who are Bills fans because I know they're not like that, but Bills Mafia as a whole is an obnoxious fan base. They're a bunch of Neanderthals. So- seriously they Jesus, are Michael. so that's why i'm like you know what you guys deserve what you get and the heartbreaks that you get because you guys are fools Rants over all right well i guess that is not directed to our close friends by the way that are bills fans that is directed to the the bulk of morons that go to these games now there's people like
0: that for all fan bases but bill's mafia in particular is obnoxious yeah i think it's because you've experienced bill's mafia more than any of the other fan bases um I've been to a lot of the a lot of stadiums and there's obnoxious fans everywhere. And I know Bills Mafia gets a lot of credit online because they they have those videos of them jumping through tables, right? But in terms of the drunk assholes, I mean as you saw with the Lions fans, it's the same thing there too, you know. Um, but I get what you're saying. There's there's just assholes everywhere. They they get they drink way too much. They they get to the point where like 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 I said yesterday, there were people fighting literally right next to us um it was weird because they came to the game together um <laughs> so, so that they were obviously fighting about personal reasons not about sports um and the alcohol just kind of fueled that but uh yeah it's it, it's it's a rowdy thing i mean if you get anybody together drinking insane amounts 60,000 people packed into a stadium you know shit's gonna go down
1: yeah um but i will but remember drew which fan base treated you with the most respect when you went
0: uh, MetLife Stadium
1: the, with the New York Giants. Yeah. I guess the
0: Giants, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it, yeah, it depends on everybody's uh, experience. But, all right, we'll move on from this one to the next game here, the Eagles <laughs> versus the Bucks. Uh I know this was a fun, fun one for you, Mike. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles had a very similar collapse to the Jacksonville Jaguars, honestly. Uh, watching the Eagles in this game and in the past couple very much reminded me of, uh, what it was like to watch the Jags every week. Um, they just could not really find their rhythm in the last seven games of their season. They uh, struggled on offense, really struggled mightily on defense. Jalen Hurts doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like the same quarterback from last year. Um, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to take advantage of that. Uh, they didn't even play their cleanest game. They haven't had a bunch of drops. and It could have been a lot worse than it was. As you can see, they won 32-9. to nine. Um, So, money, Mike, go ahead. Have your fun. I, uh, I, I can't take credit for this, but I have a song prepared.
1: Uh, instead of uh, Fly Eagles Fly, it's a, a parody of it called Die Eagles Die. Die Eagles die on the road to misery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. You know, th- the difference between the Cowboys loss and the Eagles loss is the Cowboys loss was shocking anybody paying attention that didn't have delusional fan goggles on knew that the Eagles were going to lose this game because the Eagles were on a downward spiral since they were 10 and one. Uh, they really, they lost. Uh, they went, they they went one and seven in the last eight games, right? But they should have lost their last eight games. Cause anybody watching that bills game knows that the, the Eagles got so lucky to win that, that kick by Jake Elliott squeaked in there. That was barely making that field goal when they went to overtime. So yeah. they really should have lost their last eight games and they, uh, well, they, I mean, they won on Christmas Day against the Giants. But really, after the Giants took out Tommy DeVito and put it in uh, Tyra Taylor, the Giants dominated the second half. They just were too far behind. Um, but you lost to the Cardinals and the Giants, and you were punk- you were just punked by the Giants in the first half when you were trying to win. And then you took your starters out because you knew it was over and you didn't want to risk injury. But you were terrible. And there was infighting in the organization, finger-pointing people, you know, getting mad at you know, and, and calling them out you know players and coaches in the media and everything um and it just it was a terrible look for them they just looked awful and did not look like the team that we saw last year which was a dominant team playing together with unity and they were having so much fun and sirianni was like you know trolling the cameras when you know they'd be up by a lot and uh this year they were barely winning games to start the season and we kept saying that the reason that they were winning was because they're a team that knows how to win. And we were giving them the benefit of the doubt when in all actuality, they weren't that good of a team this year. I mean, they just weren't. Uh, right. And, you know, look, I know people who are Eagles fans will be like, well, they're better than the giants. Yeah. I fucking know they're better than the giants, but they're not that good. And the giants beat them. If, if you're going to use the regular season as a measuring stick at the very last game of the season, the New York giants were better than the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's, that's just the facts because we destroyed you in the last game of the season. So the fact that the New York giants were better than you at the end of the season shows how bad you were. Cause the giants were not good this year. Yeah. And look, the Eagles lost a lot of their games at the end of the season. Tampa Bay went on a run, won five of the last six to end the season. One team looked like they had won a lot of games. One team looked like they had lost a bunch of games and the right team won. So congrats to Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay Baker Mayfield being on his third team in the last two years. Uh, and being doubted and look i was one of those doubters i said tampa bay was going to win two games this year i was dead wrong about that tampa bay is now going to be in the divisional round and has a chance to go to the nfc championship game for the second time as an organization in four years so congratulations to the tampa bay buccaneers congrats to todd bowles i know people were questioning whether or not he should be a head coach he's done a, a good job uh, i think that both he and baker have earned the right to stay in tampa bay and um look, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of question marks because they have so many veteran players that are either on the last year of their deals or they're leaving uh, in free agency or retiring. Jason Kelsey, a legend. He is uh, a great guy. I love his podcast with Travis Kelsey. Um, he's retiring. He announced it at the locker room after the game was over. He was visibly upset afterwards because he knew it was his last game. Felt for the guy, although I'm not going to be crying about the fact that a Hall of Famer is leaving the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Um and Jalen Hurts, as you said, there's question marks about how good of a quarterback is he really? Because he had a good year last year, but he didn't not look like that same guy this year. So you can say it's th- because he was banged up or is he really is he that good of a quarterback? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I again, like the Cowboys, I don't want them to figure it out. I want them to get worse and worse and <laughs> worse and worse. And I think that if the Eagles and Cowboys both fire their head coaches, <laughs> those are two spots where Bill Belichick could end up. I think they'd be two attractive spots. But uh, again, I hope they don't figure it out. Yeah, And I, I I
0: love it. Yeah, I, I guess we we will see how that goes with the whole Sirianni conversation and if Jalen Hurts actually ends up getting back to the Jalen Hurts of old. But yeah, it was, it was a tough watch for sure. I mean, some people, and if you look at the stats of how they performed over the last seven games, I mean, it did it does fit the notion that they would, looked at like one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NFL uh, with the way they were playing. Their defense couldn't stop anybody and their offense couldn't get anything going. And I'm sure even Eagles fans would agree with you. With the pain that they had to endure over the past seven weeks, um, yeah. they were probably just glad that it was over. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and we talked about it last week. I mean, it's tough to um, get so close to winning a Super Bowl, and they were only a couple plays away from winning that Super Bowl. Don't get it wrong. Um, and to have to start all over from the beginning and try to do, duplicate what you did a year ago and try to get back there, it's really difficult to do after you've mentally and physically put everything you can into it, and you've got so close. And it just slipped away from you. And now you got to try to run it back. And I think they were beat up. I think they were yep. beat up. And I think when they got to 10-1 and one, and then they had that gauntlet of games where they played a lot of tough teams, I think that it, it just broke them. I yeah. think it just broke them. And they, they lost two uh, coordinators. Their offensive and defensive coordinator both got head coaching jobs. Obviously, we saw the great job that uh, their offensive coordinator did as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And then their defensive coordinator may not have had a, a great year in Arizona, but Arizona was always you know competitive in all their games. Um, uh, so you lost two good coaches and it really put into question whether or not Sirianni is a legit head coach. Um, and the fact that they had to switch their defensive coordinator a few weeks ago to Matt Patricia, who has not had a few last few seasons in the NFL, wherever he's been. So there's just a lot of questions in Philadelphia. The owner did not look happy in the shots that you saw in, uh, in Tampa Bay. And there were signs at the game saying fire Sirianni. So, uh, the a mess and they've got a lot to fix to go into next
0: year. Yeah, I, I don't—it's I don't, just so tough for me to, to look at it from the outside and that you have a coach that brought you guys to the Super Bowl, was so close to winning a Super Bowl for you guys. It's hard for me to kind of justify that they fire him literally after just one bad half of a season, not even half of a season. And I understand that the team looked like they were disheveled. They just didn't really seem like they wanted to be there against the Bucks. Um, so obviously there was an issue with how the team felt about the coaching staff. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with how poor their coordinators were doing on both the de- defensive and offensive sides of the ball. So Sirianni needs to figure that out. But I think he yeah, at least deserves one more year. If they start off tragically next year and lose like their f- first six games, then yeah, they probably fire him halfway through the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I- yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I can respect the whole,
1: like, you know, act as if you belong, you know, t- type of an attitude um, with the Eagles. They act as if they're a, an organization that is so used to winning that if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a failure. And I'm like, you guys have one trophy. Congratulations. But they act like they're the New York Yankees where it's uh, like it makes sense for the New York Yankees to have the attitude of this season's World Series are a failure. Every year, that's the New York Yankees mentality, and it's completely legit for the franchise that they are, because they have the most World Series out of any team in sport, and they have the most championships of any team in sports. It's appropriate for Robert Kraft and the Patriots to think that way. It's appropriate for the Pittsburgh Steelers to think that way. Heck, it's even appropriate for the Dallas Cowboys, who even though they haven't been to a championship game, an NFC championship game in 28 years, their mentality as an organization because of the success that they've had is Super Bowl or bust. That's the attitude they walk into that facility with every day. Now, the Eagles now have that attitude, um, which is fine. You, you know, that's if that's your standard and that's where you want to go, that's what you ultimately want to be, that's fine. But you guys have one trophy. And you move off of coaches, I think, way too quickly. Like They got rid of Andy Reid after he had one bad season in Philadelphia. They moved off of Pearson after he had one bad season. But he's the guy who got you a Super Bowl trophy. I mean, and we've seen what Andy Reid has become in Kansas City. Or continue to be because he was great in Philadelphia. So I think Philadelphia's owner is a little impatient. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they have a they have a really well ran front office, but I think they're a little impatient and they act as if they're a team that you know it's Super Bowl or bust every year. It's like you guys aren't at that level. Sorry, you're just not. You're not. You're not in the. You're not in the club.
0: Yeah, it's uh, funny. Mike's on one today, man. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I agree though. The the, the Eagles really just moving on from their coaches so quickly, it doesn't really make much sense to me either. Like I know everybody, whenever things fall apart, they always immediately go to the coaches. But sometimes I just think having that carousel really makes it so your culture just gets blown up like every every few years, if you're not having the continued success that you, you think your team's supposed to have. So um, yeah. I, I would agree with you on that notion.
1: I think, but the, the other thing that might be contributing here that we might not know about, or that we do at least know this, that this is a very there's a lot of um, coaching candidates out there this year that are good quality coaches. I mean, you have Bill Belichick, you have uh, potentially Jim Harbaugh from Michigan coming back to the NFL. He was very successful in his time with the 49ers. Uh, And then Mike Vrabel got fired from Tennessee. So you have three really great coaching candidates that are proven commodities. And then there's a bunch of young coaches that are coordinators that have had a lot of success this year that you are like, okay, like this is a guy that could be the next great, you know, offensive guru. Um, and so, and Pete Carroll might want to coach somewhere again. And I think Pete Carroll would still be a valuable head coach to have.
0: Yeah. You know, he might be 71
1: years old, but he's got the energy of a, of a 48 year old. So
0: yeah, it's it's kind of, a it's kind of similar to the conversation of whenever there's a really good QB draft class. It's like teams are willing to move on from their current guy. If they're able to get that top prospect, It's, it's very similar to now where we have coaches like Bill Belichick, as we see here. Uh, out on the market because obviously as we learned uh, basically immediately after our, we recorded our last podcast Bill Belichick is out as the New England Patriots head coach Robert Kraft and he decided to mutually part ways and now Bill Belichick is looking for a new home meanwhile the uh, New England Patriots will be moving on to Gerard Mayo as their new coach a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done with that franchise a great defense still but their offense uh, not looking too great in terms of talent They'll be able to build through the draft with, like you said, that uh, early pick, that top three pick. Um, And then I believe they have a ton of cap space, I imagine, because they're not really paying for any big stars currently on the offensive side of the ball. Um, So the Patriots, they're trying to start anew and hopefully build out to potentially contend for an AFC East title some point down the line. Money Mike, were you surprised by this decision by Kraft to let Bill Belichick go? And where do you think he ends up with all of the different openings that you were just speaking of?
1: Well, it was funny when they had their uh, exit press conference. Like, this was a t- very telegraphed move. We saw this weeks ago like when they played in their uh, international game against the Colts that there was a report that dropped uh, on the, all the major Boston uh, you know, media outlets that uh, the Patriots are gearing to be ready to, to move on from Bill Belichick. They, they've already made their decision that this is his last year. Um, so we kind of had seen this coming. Um, and a lot of people thought that Mike Vrabel would be the guy to step in and become the next head coach. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. As a player with the Patriots, he uh, is in their ring of honor and all that stuff. So uh, it was kind of a, a shock when they announced right after they let Bill Belichick go that uh, Gerard May was going to be the head coach. He's from the Belichick coaching tree, so to speak, because he's the linebackers coach there. He also played for New England. He doesn't really know any other culture in the NFL because that's the only place he's ever been as a player or a coach. And so it was kind of a, I like this expression. It was a outside, but right up, pressed right up against the box coaching hire. You know, um, and, and when Robert Kraft says in his press conference, I think Bill's the greatest coach of all time. It's like, well, if you think he's the greatest coach of all time, you can't possibly hire someone else who's better. So why are you getting rid of him? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just it's, it, it, it's weird. Um, And obviously, Bill Belichick has two objectives left. I um, have about three. I think one is he doesn't feel ready to retire. He still wants to coach. So that's motivation. Number one. Number two is he wants to uh, break Don Shula's record and have the most wins as a head coach of all time. Uh, he's very close to that, and uh, number three, I don't think he'll ever admit this publicly, but he wants to prove that he can win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady as his quarterback. Oh yeah, of so course. he's going to be cha- he's going to be looking at opportunities. I think two big opportunities just are about to open up. There's been no announcements about Sirianni or Mike McCarthy being fired, but you were looking at the opportunities out there like Washington, Atlanta, uh, Carolina, the Raiders, the Chargers, and everyone's kind of talking about how the Chargers would probably the most appealing because they have Justin Herbert, but. Dallas has a lot of talent on that roster. And if you can get somebody to go in and change the culture, maybe it will change the, their fate a little bit. hope not, but it's a possible. The Eagles is, look, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're one of the premier franchises in the league uh, in a big market. They have a lot of roster changes they need to do because they have a lot of veterans who are either retiring or leaving in free agency. Uh, there's questions about the quarterback. Uh, but if he's healthy, he's shown that he can be a – you know, Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Um, so that's an attractive one as well. Um, so those, I, I, I honestly think that those two jobs would be the most appealing if they opened up Yeah. of all the ones that are out there. I would say that the four most appealing jobs are, um, Philadelphia, Dallas, the chargers because of Herbert, and it's also LA, uh, and then the Washington, uh, commander's job because Washington's has the Being number two a pick, So they're going to be able to get a, yeah. get a quarterback. Um, they're also a, you know, a, a marquee franchise, even though they've, uh, you know, been kind of a joke the last few years. They still have more Super Bowls than the Eagles, so they're uh, more relevant in that discussion. I wonder. Um,
0: I wonder if Bill wants to work with a young quarterback again, though. That's the only thing. Like, I, I wonder if he's just like, I want. I want to go to a team where there's a guy that that's a professional, that's a veteran, that knows what he's doing, and we. I just need to tweak some things here, and we can be very successful. I bet you that's yeah, That's I, more I, what I, he prefers to do. I mean, I've
1: heard that the like the potential landing spot for him, or the most likely landing spot, is Atlanta. Which right. I found very interesting because they do not have a quarterback there, yeah. um, I, and the rest of their pieces are okay, but they don't have a quarterback there, and it's a division that's wide open. But who do you get at quarterback there? Do you yeah. do you get Kirk Cousins from free agency? Is he going to take Kirk Cousins to a Super Bowl? Um, I'd like to see that for Kirk Cousins' standpoint, but I think that for Bill, I think that the Los Angeles Chargers would be great because, um, yeah, it's in a big market, but it's the Chargers, and they're the second banana team there. And you've got Justin Herbert, who has the attitude of he doesn't really want to be in the limelight. He's not a quarterback who needs to be in all, you know, he, he doesn't need to be the celebrity quarterback. He has no interest in that. Yeah. So that's a great guy to have uh, if you're Bill Belichick. It's the same demeanor that you would get with like a Brady. He didn't, I mean, Brady ended up doing a lot more after he left Bill. Right. But, you know, that's something that I think would be the most appealing for Bill Belichick. I don't know why Bill Belichick would want to go to Dallas. Yeah, because he doesn't
0: want to deal with Jerry Jones, right? Um,
1: correct. Yeah. And, and and talk about spotlight. If Bill hated the talking to the media, Dallas has always talked about whether they're one and fifteen or whether they're twelve and five. <laughs> right. You know, we're gonna be talking about the Dallas Cowboys throughout this entire playoff run,
0: even though they're not in it. So yeah, they're already out, yeah. I That's don't think it. Bill Belichick
1: wants to be in that that atmosphere. It's curious but because then again, there,
0: there's a couple spots that seem very appealing but it it doesn't seem like there's one spot that's really like that is definitely where he's going to go. Like what if yeah. he goes to the Titans? That'd be funny. <laughs> he just swaps <laughs> spots with Mike Vrabel. Yeah. No, that's definitely not happening. There's nothing appealing about that Tennessee Titans job, but um... Yeah, the
1: only thing about the only thing about Dallas is his predecessor, Bill Parcells, who he learned from. He was able to make it work in Dallas for a couple of years. Uh, but it was only a couple of years cuz I don't think he could stand Jerry Jones that long. Um so maybe, maybe he'll go to the Cowboys. I don't know if anything, I hope he goes to the, if he goes to the Cowboys, I hope all it does is it raises the hype for Cowboy fans yet again,
0: and they have another choke job in the playoffs once again that That would be great. That would be great. You would certainly enjoy that, but in terms of choke jobs, I think I have almost cemented the biggest choke job where I believe I was ahead of you by what six games, seven games earlier in the season, and now I find myself behind five games in the total picks contest here for this season. I uh, just want to reiterate that Money Mike did lose seven lives in the survivor pool. So um, he's not f- fully the winner. To. So <laughs> <laughs> He's not fully the winner of the season, but he's certainly in the driver's seat for winning the actual picks. Um, I'm going to have to make some very uh, contrasting picks over these next few weeks to hopefully make up some ground and potentially get ourselves a tie or even a win um, come Super Bowl Sunday. All right. So let's dive into this weekend's slate of games starting off at 4 30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens will be hosting the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud. Lamar Jackson and all of the other or a good number of the other Baltimore Ravens starters have not played in two weeks, Mike. That is a long time to not play an NFL football game. There's bound to be a little bit of rust when they get out on that field. Do you think that is going to drive enough of your opinion to potentially pick the Texans in an upset here, or do you think the Baltimore Ravens are just too good of a team and they'll be pulling out this win?
1: Well, I know Bills fans are rooting for the Texans because that would mean if they are able to beat the Chiefs, they get to play the AFC Championship at home, and Baltimore has been the best team in football of the last five 6 weeks uh in terms of in terms of public opinion of them. I mean it was always the 49ers this of this year but when they smacked the 49ers on Christmas Day, uh they became the team that is known as the best team in the NFL. Um I think this is a time where the Ravens finally uh, have a good playoff game with Lamar Jackson and they will, will still be the best team. I think that Houston will put up a fight. It'll be a very competitive game but I think that the Ravens are ready for the moment and they're going to win this game. And for the first time since John Harbaugh has been head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, he'll be coaching the AFC championship game in Baltimore. Cause he's been to three of these games uh, since he became head coach of Baltimore, but it's always been on the road uh, multiple trips to new England once at Pittsburgh. So this will be the first time he coaches in the AFC championship game in his home stadium. I like Lamar Jackson to finally uh, have a good playoff performance And I think he's been inspired by CJ Stroud because he said today, he's like, well, he had a better rookie uh, playoff debut than I did. (laughs) uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think they're both going to play really well. I think this is going to be a fun one to watch, but I'm picking
0: Baltimore. All right. Well, I hate that you're making me do this, but this is going to be one of the the games that I pick against you in. And it's solely because of the fact that the Baltimore Ravens are coming off of two weeks of not playing uh, their starters. Um I think more times than not, we've seen in this scenario where a team has gone that long uh, without playing, you at least see one of the one seeds or one of the the teams that had those buys kind of come out flat and come out not playing too well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens to the Ravens. And because CJ Stroud is the new golden boy of the NFL, he's got to live up to his name. He's got to live up to his title. And he's going to carry this Houston Texans team on his back to another win and get himself into the AFC championship game. I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh... yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. What gives me pause, but does give me pause is history does repeat itself in Baltimore last uh, few years, whenever they're a high seed in the playoffs and they have a home game and they've rested their players, they've lost Lamar Jackson has not played well in the playoffs. And the other thing is the last uh, two before this uh, rookie quarterback, uh, sorry, rookie coach, rookie quarterback combo, have gone to, to the AFC championship game was Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh back in 2009 or 2008, sorry, 2008. And then in 2009, it was Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. And the last like, what is it? 20 years or so. That's the only rookie quarterback coach to make it to the AFC championship game. Yeah. Uh, so this would be the third. So, it, you know, this could happen. And I, I wouldn't be as shocked as I probably would have been a few weeks ago, but I don't know. I just,
0: I feel like Baltimore's ready I'm finally ready to make uh some moves I mean so. Baltimore's the safe pick like, like you gotta you gotta assume that this team is professional enough and good enough that they'll be able to overcome any rustiness that they may have coming into this game but we shall see let's go Texans um fuck. I can't believe I'm saying that all right San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers the one seed versus the seven seed I don't believe many people thought that this was going to be the matchup for the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round, but here we have it. And the last time these two teams faced off in the playoffs, it did not go well for the Green Bay Packers. The San Francisco 49ers seemed to be Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite when it came to having any success in the NFL playoffs as a Green Bay Packer uh, over the, his last few years starting for that team. But now this time around, the Green Bay Packers are bringing in Jordan Love, who's playing at a similar level that Aaron Rodgers played at uh, for uh, a large portion of his career and then obviously the san francisco 49ers with brock purdy at quarterback christian mccaffrey at running back and all of their other stars are hoping to get their playoff momentum rolling and as someone who has watched their team this year play against the san francisco 49ers coming off of a bye and losing i don't even 31 to 3 or whatever it was um san francisco I am not too worried about them having any rust, having to dust off the Codwebs. I think they're going to be prepared for this Green Bay Packers team, and I think they're going to win this one pretty handily. Money Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, the last four times the
1: 49ers and Packers have met in the playoffs, the 49ers have come out victorious, and it's usually by a lot. Um, And I, I was very impressed with Jordan Love and the Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody saw that coming. Um, and I will say this, if they are able to overcome San Francisco in San Francisco, they will be the team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl because they'll have so much momentum that no one's stopping them in the NFC championship game. Uh, I just don't think it'll come to that. I think that Brock Purdy and the 49ers are going to roll. Uh, Matt LaFleur has learned from Kyle Shanahan. Um, but the student is not ready to take out the master. And, uh, I think that the 49ers are just too loaded defensively, uh, offensively. And they are just going to uh, march through this game. I think maybe it'll be a little more competitive than recent Packers 49er playoff games. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not betting against the 49ers here.
0: Yeah, that's entirely fair. And probably the most astute analysis of the night is actually given to us by Dave in the chat. He says, I like how both of their logos are an oval with letters in it. Yes, that's true. Very true. (laughs) It is very true. What is a 49er? I think it has to do with the gold rush, Dave. Um, yeah, yeah so it was back when the gold rush was happening out in California. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what it's based off of.
1: Yeah, and you know, they the 49ers are after
0: gold, the Packers are after cheese, and we all know that gold is more valuable than cheese. <laughs> there you go. The astute analysis as always by Money Mike Gilgress. All right. Going on to the second NFC matchup of the week of the divisional round, we have the Detroit Lions facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit. Jared Goff coming off of that exciting win that we talked about before against his old teams, the Los Angeles Rams. They now host the NFC South champions, who are surely feeling great about themselves after destroying the Philadelphia Eagles this past week. Baker Mayfield is playing some of his best ball, if not his best ball of his entire career. He is surely locking down that Buccaneers starting job for years to come. Uh, But this Detroit Lions team has looked fantastic, Mike. Uh, who do you have well first of all you as somebody who likes to root for
1: like small market teams or small market brands uh, i know that people are gonna be like but the buccaneers won a super bowl a few years ago uh yeah but it was with tom brady it was really more of a tom brady thing than really the tampa bay organization uh which is the losingest organization i think in the nfl in terms of win percentage so you've got the tampa bay buccaneers versus the detroit lions i mean that's gotta be exciting for you right um rooting for something different uh yes. and yeah jerry goff and the lions looked fantastic baker mayfield looked good the the tampa bay uh defenses looked good um i do have a little more faith that the lions will win it and serve at home here and i would be so excited for them uh to be in the nfc championship game whether that's against the green bay packers at home and they have a rematch from their thanksgiving debacle uh and they're hosting the nfc championship game or they have to go to san francisco i think the most the best NFC championship game we can get is 49ers versus lions. Yep. Um And so I'm, root- and I would be rooting for Detroit in that scenario too. So I'm picking with my heart and my head here. I want Detroit to win. And I think they will. I'm picking the Detroit lions.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you there. It, it, this, this story with Tampa Bay is great. Um, it's, it, it's uh, fantastic to see Baker May- Mayfield get his career back on track. Uh, this Absolutely. Season. Um, but Detroit is just the better team. Uh, from head to toe and i think they have uh, mike evans is a fantastic receiver but i think the lions have more talent on offense um, i think this is going to be a, a sneaky high scoring game i think both of these teams are going to be able to put up points against each other and it's going to be an exciting one so i'm going to yeah. pick the detroit lions here as well all right the matchup of the weekend and the nfl agrees as they have made the bills hosting the kansas city chiefs as the final game of the divisional round uh, six thirty on Sunday. Bills finally hosting the Chiefs in a playoff game, as opposed to having to go to Arrowhead. The last time the Chiefs played at uh Highmark State Stadium in Orchard Park, I don't believe it was called Highmark Stadium, and I'm pretty sure there were zero fans or very few fans that were allowed to be in the stadium, uh, when they played each other. So Bills Mafia, that crowd is going to be going crazy you are going to be motherfucking the Chiefs as much as possible. Taylor Swift is going to be in the building. Buffalo is going to be bumping, Mike. I think everybody listening, watching, chilling in the chat right now know yeah. who you are going to pick.
1: Yeah, this has been the game that everybody wants to see. It was, you know, that that game a few years ago where it came down to the final seconds and went to overtime it was probably the best football game any of us can recall that we've seen in the last five to ten years. It was absolutely fantastic. This is really the new Brady versus Manning rivalry. You have two of the best quarterbacks in the league and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen playing against each other. Um, Josh Allen is three and one against the Kansas city chiefs in the regular season, but he's and two in the playoffs against Kansas city. This is the first time that they'll be playing in the playoffs at Buffalo. It's the first time, like you said, there will be fans in attendance. Um, and this is also Patrick Mahomes first AFC road playoff game. Every playoff game he's ever played has been at home um, other than the Super Bowls he's been to. That being said, this is the Bills' best opportunity to win against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Somebody made a comparison earlier to the New York Giants with the Buffalo Bills, which I appreciated. Um, they're a hot team. They are coming in. Uh, they have a coach who was kind of stern and, and you know, had to change his ways a little bit to kind of, like, be malleable and that allow the team to get better. Um, and they are coming in hot. They have momentum. This is their best opportunity to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The, all Bills fans have w- ever wanted was a chance for them to play the Chiefs in Buffalo because one of the things they felt like they, the reason they couldn't get over the top was because it was in Arrowhead. This is the best opportunity the Bills are going to have to do it. Do I believe they're going to do it? No, I don't. I'm yeah. going to put my faith in Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs for a couple of reasons. One, the Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season on a technicality And because, you know, that that call on Tony, which was legit offensive offsides, but it was never really ever called. And we saw in uh, some games that following week where it was the same thing, but wasn't called. So the Chiefs feel right or wrong that they were cheated out of that game. Now, Patrick Mahomes acted a little immature when he said to Josh, you know, he didn't really even say congratulations. I was like, man, for the game to end like that, you know, he got a lot of criticism for that. Um, So the Chiefs feel like they got cheated in that game. But that was the difference in why this game is in Buffalo, not Kansas City. If Kansas City won that game, this game would be at Arrowhead once again. So the Chiefs feel like they should have won the first time. So they're going to come in with that momentum. They had defensive starters missing the last game that they won't have missing this game. And the Bills have a lot of injuries on their defense. Patrick yeah. Mahomes has never lost in the divisional round in his career. He's 5-0 in the divisional round. And I, I'm sorry. i sorry. I, I won't believe the Bills can make it until they actually do it. Yeah. And this is the game for them. This is their opportunity to shake those demons. Because I think if they can win this game, they probably will win the AFC championship game because they'll have so much momentum going into it. Mm,
0: Okay. But. Yeah. So this is the big test, huh? This is their, no,
1: this is, this is the test. If they can pull this off, I think they beat whoever comes out of Baltimore and Houston. I really do. Because I don't see how they would, I don't know how they go to the AFC championship game. With all that momentum and and all that positive energy that they have from beating their nemesis, the Kansas City Chiefs, and come up short. But well, I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to have the edge here, and he is going to make one more play than Josh Allen. I I have more faith that Josh Allen will make a mistake than Patrick Mahomes. And until I and you you you've said this multiple times on this podcast, you're not going to believe the Kansas City Chiefs can really that it, it's anyone else's conference until someone takes them down.
0: Yeah, no, I picked it, Kansas it's City. Definitely to- true.
1: I picked Kansas City to repeat as champions this year. I'm going to stick with it for now. Kansas City wins over the Buffalo Bills in another exciting, tight game. Um, But I think this is a great opportunity for
0: the Bills. I just have more faith in the Chiefs. That's entirely fair, and I'm sure there's a lot of people taking a look at this game and have the same feelings, right? I mean, it's hard to deny the Chiefs having success in the past against the Bills in the playoffs. And that conversation you just mentioned about how if the Bills win this game, then it's just assumed and it's kind of expected that they would win in the AFC Championship game. Bills fans and and even the Bills themselves probably felt that if they won that crazy divisional round matchup against the Chiefs a few years ago, that they probably would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the next game and made it to the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, uh, there was a lot of other things that needed to happen for that to happen. So it's really, it's a moot point. Um, In this case, though, Bills fans, they have to feel incredibly confident about how this Bills team has, they found ways to win without Josh having to be Superman. And I think that is exactly what this Bills team needed to f- to figure out to make an extended run like they have, right? They've won, what is it, six straight games now? Um, they've been able to do that without Josh Allen having the most amazing stats, without having to play his best ball every single week and feel that pressure that, Man, if I don't make a play here, then we're we're fucked, right? Their defense is finding a way to play really well, regardless of all of these injuries. Right? Like they've been able to really step up throughout this all of these weeks against some solid competition in the Chiefs, the Cowboys, um, the Dolphins-ish. Um so <laughs> so I do believe that this Bills team can do it. It's gonna be a closely contested game, it's gonna be an exciting game. I'm excited for all of the Bills fans that are going to be going to this game. I know a couple of our friends are probably going to go and it's probably going to be an amazing experience, especially if the Bills win. And that's why I'm going to be rooting for that. And that's why I'm going to pick them to win this because um, I think this fan base deserves it. I think the, the city deserves it. There, there's no, like there's nothing like the, the Bills fandom in Buffalo in terms of how much of a religion it is. Like this city literally lives for this team because in, reality some some players have said it in the past that have come here it, it, it's a fun city I love this city it's all about the sports man that is the number one thing that is that is that there's there are things to do but there's not a ton of things to do right so the sports is everything and this city needs a championship from one of its big four teams for the, not band from the Sabres wasn't enough? Well, yeah unfortunately no that the band is championed championship was not enough and it's not coming from the sabers anytime soon so it's got to be the buffalo bills here (laughs) so yeah um and, and there's always conversations about oh is the Bills super bowl window closed is it open is it closed well it's clearly open right now and they have to seize the opportunity so i'm picking the buffalo bills to win this game and move on to the afc championship game
1: you know i know i've come on this show before and i'm always painted as the bills hater and all that stuff but really i say this with complete sincerity this is your best chance this is your best chance you have the Chiefs at home it's not at Arrowhead. The Chiefs have had a down year for their standards. Their wide receiver core has not been good. They've had their struggles on offense. This is your year. This is your opportunity. And I know that the Bills have a lot of heartbreak in their history. That's why I'm not picking them. Um but <laughs> this is your <laughs> this is your best chance and I feel I I sincerely feel if the Bills can win this game they and and they've beat their nemesis and shake the demons. This could be their this could be the year that they finally do it. Again, I won't believe the Bills are actually in the Super Bowl till I actually see it. But um they the, if this is going to be like Bra- anything like Brady Manning. Tom Brady dominated the start of that rivalry. And in the playoffs, he always beat Peyton Manning. But all those games were in New England. And the first time Peyton Manning beat Tom Brady in the playoffs was in the AFC championship game in Indianapolis and when Peyton Manning finally took down Tom Brady in the playoffs do you know what Peyton Manning did he won the Super Bowl so those fans I, I am not trying to be a dick I feel like the Chiefs are going to win this game but I will I'm not trying to be a jerk and try to get your hopes up to only see them come crashing down I think if you guys win this game
0: there's a good chance you're winning the Super Bowl and I'll leave it at that all right, Money Mike, putting his confidence in the Bills. If they can just get past this one final challenge, uh, we will see. It's it's exciting. I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, I I can't either. I can't anybody either. like even you would root for the fact that nobody wants this to be a blowout.
1: No, 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 no. I want this <laughs> to be an exciting game, and I I will say <laughs> yeah. there are three there are three results I'm hoping for. Okay. I root for the, I, I like the Kansas City Chiefs, one, because I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes, right? I think he's a fun player to watch. I think he's a good guy. Uh, Travis Kelsey's fun. Andy Reid's a great coach and fun to root for because he's also a nice guy. Um, one of my cousins is a diehard Chiefs fan. I made a promise to her, you know, she roots for the Giants when they're not playing Kansas City. I root for Kansas City when they're not playing the Giants. So that's kind of a reason I like the Chiefs as well. Um, so it, that's why I like the Chiefs uh, or I pull for them to do well. Yeah. Number two. That's So that would be result number one. Number two, if the Bills win, I will be happy for my close friends that are Bills fans. Because, yes, like you said, they deserve it. I don't like the Bills, the generic, drunk, redneck Bills fans that are there. Um, I don't root for them and their happiness. Uh, but for my friends I met in college that are Bills fans that are listening to this, uh, or know me, uh, or my friends at work who like the Bills, or uh, for you, for Kristen, for our, our close circle of friends that like the Buffalo Bills, and that's their team, Nick. Nick. Uh, I'd be so thrilled for all you guys. If you're able to see your team win this game and win the Super Bowl. I'd be absolutely sincerely happy for you. And then there's one other result that I would find personal pleasure in. And that is this, if this game is competitive and great, another Epic one, and it goes to overtime and the bills get the ball first. Oh, I know where you're
0: going with
1: this. That would be so amusing because one of the things that they complained about in that Epic game was (laughs) they didn't get the ball first. So if they got the ball first and they were at home and they still lost, I'd be like, look,
0: what are you gonna complain about now? Okay, so I <laughs> thought you were gonna take that one step further and say the Bills are gonna get the ball first, they're gonna score a touchdown immediately, and then the Chiefs are still gonna get it, are gonna get another chance because of the new rule, they score a touchdown and then it goes and then the Chiefs end up winning.
1: Wait, is that, that the, I thought if you score a touchdown, it's over. Did they change that again?
0: I I thought they changed it for the playoffs where the other team gets the ball regardless. Now
1: do they? Oh, Okay, I'm I pretty didn't know sure that, that no. that's
0: like the new playoff overtime rule. I I could be wrong. Uh, I could look it up here when we move on to our next topic, but if that's the case, and like if the it was the old rules, the Bills got the ball first and scored, and then they end up losing the game. Oh my god! That would you're right. Just... That
1: that is that. You're right. That is funnier. That is funny. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> oh god! I hope that doesn't happen. All right, Mike. Boston Celtics time. What's going on?
1: Well, they uh they won against your beloved Toronto Raptors last night, concluding what their the season. Fuck, series. man! Are you serious?
0: They- they concluded their season series against
1: the Raptors and they are 4-0 against the Raptors this year and they were 4-0 against the Raptors last year. So, eight-game win streak over the Toronto Raptors the last two seasons. Boo! Um, you know, Fucking Celtics right boo. now, hey, best <laughs> record in the NBA. They're still undefeated at home. We're about we're two games shy of being at the exact halfway point in the NBA season. Uh, so, they're 19-0 at home. Best record in the NBA. Obviously, best record in the East. Uh, but, look... All of that doesn't matter at all. What matters to me is them being the team with the best position to win the NBA finals and have four wins in the NBA finals in June. That's all I care about for the Boston Celtics. So I'm happy with how they've played so far. I pray that they continue to stay healthy. I pray for that every team in the NBA stays healthy because I want to see the best of the best win at the very end. And um, Celtics, I you know like what I'm seeing now, but we it's all about June. There you go. It is all about May and June.
0: Yeah, You're just waiting until the games are do or die. Um, yep. uh, Real quickly, talk, uh, speaking about do or die, just to double check on those playoff rules. If the team that receives the ball first scores a touchdown on its first possession, the game will continue and the second team will have the chance to possess the ball. So that is the new rule as a result of the Bills-Chiefs game from a few years ago. It's basically the Josh Allen-Bills playoff coin toss rule now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, again, I I, I laugh at
1: that because the following week, the Bengals didn't get the ball first in overtime. They won the game. Yeah. But so is that only that must only be for the playoffs, then? Because I've seen overtime Correct. games this year where that wasn't the case. OK, so
0: I, th- I think it's because in the regular season, the NFL doesn't want to play more extra football than it has to. Right. Because they don't want right. to put as much wear and tear on the players and all that good stuff. But in the playoffs, it's do or die. And they they want to make it the most exciting product possible. So. Now they give yeah. those teams a chance, regardless of if they score a touchdown or not.
1: Yeah, so so, <laughs> I, I I would like for the Ravens to win in their game because I, I, I even though I like the CJ Stroud story, I think the Ravens-Bills, Ravens-Chiefs would be the most interesting AFC championship, more so than Houston versus either one, because if Houston wins and then the Chiefs win, for uh. the sixth year in a row, the game will be at Arrowhead.
0: The Arrowhead Invitational, as some call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it'll be much more interesting if, if the Chiefs do end up pulling this out that it, they have to go to Baltimore, and then at least, even though it will still be their sixth straight year in the AFC Championship, at least this time it'll be on the road.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I just hoping the Bills win. Hoping I don't. I really don't care if it's either the Texans or the Ravens. Like you said, I think the Bills have a good shot either way. Um, yep. All right. Syracuse basketball. We just finished watching. Syracuse basketball defeat the Pittsburgh Panthers for the second time this season, winning by a score of 69 to 58. The Syracuse team, we've talked about it before. They're a team that's good enough potentially to maybe be in the bubble conversation, I think at the end of the season, maybe. Um, But they're just not really suited to play against the best teams in Duke, UNC, Virginia. They've gotten destroyed by all three of those teams uh, so far this season. So it's uh it's interesting to watch this team this year. They they're they're not a very cohesive team, Mike. That that's really what I've started to realize over these past couple games I've watched with them. They're a team that has a ton of individual scorers, right? They they're able to take the ball to the rack. Uh, they can get hot shooting the three sometimes, but they don't really run a ton of great sets. The ball doesn't move a ton, um, and they play a very chaotic style. Of basketball that I'm not used to seeing with a Syracuse team. It feels so much different nowadays, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a much different t- flavor of uh, Syracuse basketball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you definitely see a loss of structure from the Jim Boeheim regime, um, which is expected. Uh, but like you said, they're kind of middle of the pack uh, team in the ACC. And I think the more and more they play these top tier teams and show that they're no match for them, I think that is going to deter the committee from picking them to be part of the NCAA tournament. Could be wrong. You know, there's still a lot of basketball left to play. They can definitely, uh, if they can get some signature wins under their belt against the top tier team, that's only going to help them. And we'll see how they do in the ACC tournament right now. Again, they're, they're like dead in the middle in ACC play. They're not at the bottom of the standings, but they're not at the top. They're literally, I think they're the middle team right now. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know what to make of them yet. I, I, uh, I don't think they're good enough to really compete for the cha- national championship. Um, so it's just like, well, I, I, I just, I want to see improvement from last year and I, I just want to see them, you know, I just want to see them make the tournament because I haven't seen that in a few years and it's going to be nice to see them being part of it. And like, when you see the March madness brackets and you're filling it out, it's nice to know like, okay, what time is Syracuse playing? Oh, they're playing at two forty-five on true TV. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Syracuse play. Um, well, there's such a massive which, rooting know,
0: interest when you when Syracuse is in the tournament, right? Because those tournament games, yeah. regardless of how they played the entire season, regardless of your preconceived notions on the team, those tournament games, anything can really happen. We've seen it time and time again. Certain low seeds will go on this magical run and get themselves to the Final Four or even the national title game um so it's just getting to the dance and then you can eventually eventually see if they can make it uh it's just it's going to be tough for the Syracuse team to do that
1: yeah and and like Syracuse has had their runs to the final four uh that were so much fun to be a part of uh they had that big upset over Michigan State not too long ago and that was fun uh so yeah it's it's just it's so much more of a rooting interest like you said and um again it's, it's uh getting to the point now where it's it's not too early to say
0: they're, how good they are, but it's still, for me, it's it's early to figure out exactly who they are. Yeah, 100% agreed. So we will see how the remainder of the Syracuse Oranges season goes, and we will also see how the NFL Divisional round goes. I appreciate everybody listening and watching, listening to our predictions for this upcoming second round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, obviously, we, we call our show another damn sports podcast, but... At this time of year and during the actual season of our show, it's mostly about football. So I apologize if anybody, of, all, of the millions of listeners that we get every single week, if you tuned in to listen to us talk about badminton or racquetball or something like that, I apologize for the lack of that type of content. But hopefully everybody enjoyed listening to Money Mike kind of gloat to unseen proportions at this point um, about the Cowboys and Eagles faltering, talking about how he hates Bill's Mafia. Uh, that's right. He hates all of you, Nick, Kristen, everybody who listens to the show. If you associate yourself, with he hates burrito because he's a Yankees fan. He despises you. He never wants to talk no, to you again. Bur-
1: burrito and I are good. He is a Giants fan. He and I have some uh, mutual respect in that regard. In baseball, you know, okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rivals
0: there, but we have common ground with the New York Giants and uh so so that's good at least you guys can can be um civil in that regard but no this is a this has been a fun show i'm excited to see how this divisional round works out um and I, i'm excited to talk and preview the championship games next week man this uh this season has really moved quickly
1: it has and it always does and uh i i love championship sunday so i'm looking forward to seeing who's there and uh, talking about all the different potential scenarios that could be the Super Bowl matchups. Um, I, I I do think that it would be really cool to see the Detroit Lions come out of the NFC. Uh, somebody that you ne- wouldn't ex- have expected and you never see there. Uh, the teams that are left that have never won a Super Bowl are the Texans, the Bills, the Lions. And I think that's it. I think that there's nobody because the Ravens have won two. Uh, the the Chiefs did. have won yeah. The yep, Rams. the you know, the Ram, you know, the Buccaneers have won. Yep. Uh, the Packers have won. Yeah, so that's those are the only three left. The Texans, the Bills, and the Lions, and the Texans and the uh, Lions have never even been. So it would be a first time trip for the Detroit Lions to make it, and for Jared Goff to be the one to
0: lead them there is a great story. Great stories all around. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchristen, and I hope y'all enjoy the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and take care.